for those of you that are there in your home, I'd invite you to take a Bible. I want to invite you this morning to turn to Romans chapter 8, verses 7 through 17. Our focus this morning is Romans 8. As good as that gospel reading is, my focus this morning is in the book of Romans. Let me start this morning by asking you two questions. Two questions. Here's question number one. Did God raise Jesus from the dead? Did God raise Jesus from the dead? Here's question number two. Does the Spirit of God dwell in you? Does the Spirit of God dwell in you? This is really where Paul takes us this morning. If you look at verse 11, look at verse 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through His Spirit who dwells in you. Right There are two big ifs here, not just one. There is the if of Jesus' resurrection. Is this story factual? Did God raise Jesus from the dead? And there's the if of your conversion. Have you received the Spirit of God into your heart? Does the Spirit of God lead your life? Has He adopted you into God's family and begun to give you the character of your Heavenly Father? Well, welcome to St. Paul's where we believe in God. We state this right every morning. The Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, we believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified. He died and was buried. And on the third day, He what? He rose again. Right? Rose again. We... We believe this, we state this unapologetically, unashamingly, every morning on Sundays here at St. Paul's. We believe that He rose again. We believe in the Bible, God's infallible words given to us for life because God raised Jesus from the dead. The most important question for you this morning is what are you going to do with this Jesus now? Which really brings us to the second question, does the Spirit of God dwell in you? Right, it's here, it's this question that Paul is asking us this morning in our text. As many of you know, we moved here from eastern Kansas back in early fall of 2014. Can't imagine, it seems just like yesterday, but we've been here that long You know, moving can be so hard on so many different levels. I'll never forget leaving the house we left in northern Illinois for Kansas. We had raised three little girls in that house. I remember as we were pulling out of the driveway on our way to Kansas, I looked over at Jamie and she just had tears streaming down her face. Moving can be hard. Moving can also be hard because when you go back to your old house like we did to the one there in eastern Kansas, in your head, right, you kind of have this feeling like it's still your house. You leave a place where you've lived for a while and you 
tend to still have that emotional attachment to that place. It's hard to imagine anyone living there. We drove by that day, our first time. We noticed that the landscaping that we had done in the front was all changed. I planted a beautiful little tree there in the front. It was ripped out completely. There was this old stump with dirt around it where Christian used to play with all of his trucks and cars. Gone. Filled in. Grass now planted over it. And, you know, you're thinking in your mind, how, how dare they do that to my house? But, of course, that's it's not my house anymore, is it? There are new residents now. They've renovated the place. They've made it their own as they have every right to do so. And it occurs to me that that's very much what the Apostle Paul says takes place in our lives, in our hearts, when we become Christians. The previous owner is expelled, and the Holy Spirit comes, and He takes up residence within us. And having come to dwell there, He renovates us through and through. And so our focus this morning is really verses 9 through 11. That's where we're going to camp out most of our time here, where Paul really elaborates what it means to have the Holy Spirit come into our lives. And we can really sum up these teachings in three verses, very simply with just three words. First, in verse 9, Paul talks about residence. Residence. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell. He resides within us. And we'll need to unpack this together in a few moments. But first, resonance. Then you see in verse 10, regeneration. That is when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. He gives us new life in union with Christ. He regenerates us. So residence, regeneration. Finally, verse 11, resurrection. The Spirit who resides in us, having regenerated us, will, God promises us, one day raise our bodies according to the pattern of Christ's own glorious resurrection from the dead. So let's unpack these three words. First, residence. Notice how Paul puts it in verse 9. Look at verse 9 with me. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So here, first of all, is Paul's insistence that to be a Christian at all requires that the Holy Spirit comes to take residence up in your heart. And if we're going to catch Paul's meaning... We must not miss the change of personal pronouns. Look at verses 5 through 8, because this is important. If you look at verses 5 through 8, Paul's speaking in the third person, right? About those who are according to the flesh and those who are according to the Spirit. Those who are in the flesh, he said, cannot please God. But now having laid out his principle in the abstract, as it were, 
He turns now to the Roman Christians to whom he's been writing, and he speaks to them much more concretely, much more specifically. He addresses them directly. Do you, do you see that? He, he addresses them in the second person. You, however, you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. Right? He wants to give them assurance under God of the saving grace that is theirs in Jesus Christ. It means, you see, you and I, we are not living the Christian life alone. Lacking resources. We may be weak. We may feel weakness keenly. But the infinite, eternal, and unchangeable third person of the blessed Trinity, the Holy Spirit Himself, the Lord and giver of life, the same Spirit who rested upon and empowered and enabled the earthly ministry of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This Spirit inhabits your heart. The heart of the newest baby believer as well as the most mature and faithful Christian. He will not leave you to your own resources. He will not desert you to the liabilities of your nature he is at work within us, praise God, for the glory of the name of Christ and for our everlasting good. That is our birthright, Paul is saying. If you're a believer in Christ, this is most true of you. The deepest level of all, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ inhabits your heart, residence. Residence. The Spirit resides within you. Secondly, regeneration. What does that mean, right? What does it involve? What does it entail? What, what will the effects of such an extraordinary event as the Spirit coming to live in us really be? Well, the Bible says a great renovation takes place. New life. Breaks in, regeneration happens. Look at verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, notice those two phrases in that verse, and let me, let me explain them both. Notice the phrase, although the body is dead because of sin, which simply means that sin has been introduced into the realm of our bodied existence. And the unavoidable fact is death. I, I love to look in the eyes of young people, students mainly, 6th grade through 12th grade, and I, I love to say things like there is a 100% chance that at one point or another you will draw your last breath on earth. The principle of decay leading to death is in every one of us. But notice Paul doesn't stop there, right? There's good news. So this isn't just bad news. The Spirit is life because of righteousness. We do not lose heart. Here's, here's how not to lose heart. 
right? Amidst the pandemic, social unrest, social distancing, remember that though outwardly we are fading away, inwardly we are being renewed. We're being renovated day by day. The Spirit who now dwells in us is life. He's life. He's given us new life. He's caused us to be born again. It's regeneration. Right? When that family bought our old home and they moved in, they, they changed it forever. They renovated it, and now it looks quite different. Well, that's what the Spirit does when He comes to dwell within us. He renovates the heart. There are new appetites. There are new priorities, new loves, new longings, new life. Right now, new life, new longings, new desires, a new hatred of sin, a new delight in God and His glory and His purpose and His word and His people and His truth. New life. Residence, regeneration, finally resurrection. Look at verse 11. The Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give what? Life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So look, here, here's the full wonder of the gift of God as He gives us the Holy Spirit. Not only does He come to dwell in us, which is astonishing, but He also renovates us. He makes us new people. Not only does He begin to renovate us, He will one day raise us. It's breathtaking, isn't it? It tells us nothing can defeat the Holy Spirit at work within you. Not your sin, not your misunderstandings, not your weaknesses, not your weariness, not a virus. Nothing. The purpose of God will be fulfilled. The Holy Spirit is invincible. Having come to reside in you and renovate you, He will one day raise you. He that began... A good work will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Those whom he called, he what? He justified. Whom he justified, he will glorify. You might be saying, yes. Yes, I believe what you're saying, but how do I know? How can I be sure that I have the Holy Spirit within me? Well, reading backward, there are, are really three evidences here. We're going to go through them really quickly. This is just the application because I think that's a, a question, right? Young people ask, how, how can I know? How can I be sure? Well, reading backward, there are three evidences in this text which you can have assurance if you have the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 15. Here, here's the first one. We're just going to read backwards, starting with verse 15. Verse 15, if you can cry out with sincerity to God, Abba, Father then you have the witness of the Spirit in your life. That is, you have the Spirit of God if you look to God as your Father. 
for security, for guidance, for all other things of life, for His grace and His mercy, His abundance of gifts that He gives us. So that's the first one. Verse 14, if you're led by the Spirit of God, you are a child of God. Right? Here are the questions that are just applicational. Do you look to the Word of God given by the Spirit for your guidance? Is the Word of God your your plan for life, your guidance for life, your ruler, your compass? Do you yield when He prompts you in the paths of righteousness? If so, the Spirit dwells in you. Verse 13, which is the biggest one. If you put to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit, you will live. You'll attain resurrection. So here's the question, right? Paul's just saying, when you're faced with temptation to do wrong, do you seek the help from God's Spirit? Do you rely on His power to slay the act before it happens? Or what I like to say, do you fight sin in your life? Do you hate it? And I'm not talking about your own fleshly power fighting sin in your life. That's not what we're talking about. Do you, leaning on the power of the Holy Spirit and the grace and mercy of God, fight sin? See the difference. So those are the three. Residence. We need the Spirit to break in. Regeneration, when He breaks in, He makes us live. He gives us new life. He does a renovation project, and one day when it's finished, there will be a glorious resurrection. Long for that day. I trust that you are longing for that day more and more, even in the days in which we live in. Trust in Christ, and that day is yours by God's great guarantee and promise. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the helper. Thank you for life. Thank you for dwelling in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for regenerating us, helping us morph into different people, being the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you for changing us. Little by little, day by day, As we walk with you, you change us. We thank you for that. Father, most of all, thank you that one day you will raise us. Death will not win the victory, but Christ is our victor.